Hello, my friends, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 378 for the week of September 21st, 2014. I'm here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with this podcast, my videos, blog, live broadcasts, special events, my trivia books, saving money at Walt Disney World Guide, audio tours, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. So Walt Disney World isn't just about the e-ticket attractions. And in fact, there are many attractions and shows that some might consider an A-ticket experience, yet are loved by many because of nostalgia, memories, or just because they're plain fun and make them happy. Yet many of these are overlooked by some guests who might just be missing out on something wonderful, fun, enlightening, entertaining, and maybe even a little educational. So this week, we're going to look at our top 10 underrated attractions in Walt Disney World. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned as I'll have some updates and announcements, including information about upcoming events and meets of the month in Walt Disney World. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. For the nearly 10 years since I started podcasting, I've not only tried to introduce you to some of the best of the best of Walt Disney World, but also many of its overlooked experiences, hidden treasures, little details, nooks and crannies, places to stay, things to collect, and yes, of course, can't miss things to eat and drink. But in all those years, sometimes we ourselves overlook some of the bigger things, or maybe feel that there are some things that can or should be passed by in the interest of time or enjoyment. So today, my friends, I want to share with you our top 10 underrated Walt Disney World attractions. And when you hear top 10, and chances are when you hear underrated, your mind also goes right to the name and face of little Timmy Foster, publisher of Celebrations Magazine and author of the Guide to the Magic series of books. Welcome back, Timmy. Well, I'm confused. Did you, did you say because of top 10 you'd think of me or because of underrated and overlooked and, and over... <laughs> it was supposed to be overrated and underlooked, but I got them back. We'll uh, strike that, reverse it, but it works anyway. Okay, well, thanks anyway, I guess. <laughs> 
So I'm going to tell you something, Tim. In all the years, yeah. and it has been many, that we have been doing top ten lists together, I'm going to tell you, I don't know how or why, but this was admittedly one of the toughest lists for me to put together. And I was all really? over the place. I was all over the place in this list because I think my fondness for some of these attractions from a nostalgic sense or for personal reasons or the disappointment I feel sometimes when people walk by, you know, they don't want, or they don't want to experience it or they say that they've never done it. Uh, you know, those are some of the reasons why I added this onto the list. And I will tell you this because we never mm. talked about it ahead of time. Yes. I did not include any food, at least intentionally. That's a, that's a separate top 10 because, and, and that's not top 10 that you can't be part of because you don't eat much of anything at Walt Disney World anyway. <laughs> well, I, I, well, I ate I <laughs> stuff, but it's not funnel cake and cream spinach. If you stop, so people stop sending that to my house. <laughs> so let me ask you this. When I yeah. said underrated, what did that mean to you? I don't know. I well, it's funny because I I went I went to two places. There's overlooked, and then there's underrated, hmm. and they're like right around the corner from each other. But I I realized well they're not quite the same thing. So I, my self-imposed rule, and I'm going first with my rules, so I screw you up instead of the other way around That's this fine. time, was that. Not so much overlooked in that not many people go there. So that was the first thing I thought of. But I was thinking more, like, what are the attractions that are underrated in terms of when people talk about Walt Disney World? Like, you know, other guidebooks and websites and things like that. Like, like what are the attractions that they routinely put at the bottom of the list to which I go, whoa, 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 wait, wait. Come on. Seriously, they're better than that. And that's kind of where I was coming from with my list. So some of them probably aren't um, overlooked in terms of nobody ever goes there. They might be popular, but I think they get a bad rap in some circles. So I'm here to defend them. And I'm with you. And I, if and if I, that I'm, makes sense. So absolutely. It's it kind of hard to narrow that down. And for, for lack of a better term, like there's, there are some attractions that just <laughs> – you know, they're they're not sexy, right? They're not like they're not thrill rides. They're not, you know, they don't may not have a uh, a tie to a movie or a character or something that's really popular. So there's no maybe big draw to it, right? And so it does go down yeah. to the bottom list. Like, okay, if you can only do X amount of things, these are the th these are the attractions that maybe get cut off the list first. So in that regard, right. they are underrated. But for me, it also means that hey. You may not realize just how much you can get out of this attraction. It might be more fun than you think it is. You may actually, you know, in a good, a fun kind of way, you may learn some things that you may not realize. Or when you talk about it, certain attractions, they're sort of the brunt of jokes. Like, oh, you only go there to get into the air conditioning. And I'm like, no, you go there because it's a really good attraction. And these oh, are the you things just made me. You just made me think of five other ones. Go ahead. <laughs> See? So, but I'm going to let you go first. And <laughs> I, I want you to go with your number one. Uh, let's sort of do it back because I really well, want you to – here we okay. go. <laughs> go with me. No, here, no, no, no. I, I, actually, I'll do – I'll get this one. I, I went back and forth on whether to put this one on the list at all. And I'm going to just throw it out there as I think under my rules that I have to say this – um, in terms of underrated attractions, 
I'm just going to throw it's a small world out there. And I'm saying that because not because it's not popular and not because many, many people absolutely love it and probably most everyone listening to the show loves it and will defend it and recognizes it as iconic Disney and this is what it's all about. But it just – it pains me deeply when I read you know, in, in uh, guidebooks on other sites or, or travel sites that aren't specific to Disney but are kind of talking about it. When they lump it to small world in with the, eh, you know, you don't have to do that. There's bigger thrill rides to be done. There's other more Disney-esque things to experience. You know, they, they attach words to it like it's corny, it's boring, it's mind-numbing, it's, you know, it's, it's – people make jokes about it. Disney even makes jokes about it self-referentially. Mm. How's that? Or, that's you. a good word. You know, <laughs> as it – like in the line, they made fun of themselves by mocking the song. But I just throw it out there in terms of underrated – I think it is underrated to you know to the extent that it it's become kind of the go-to butt of the Disney joke when you want to make one, which I think is not fair because I love the attraction as I'm sure many people do. But um, yeah, not because it's not popular, but I think it's a bad rap sometimes, especially from people not in the know. And we're here to educate. Right. So, and, and I, and I yeah. see and I see your point when you articulate it that way because you're right. Because for many reasons, it can be argued it is sort of the quintessential classic Disney attraction, right? Walt had his hand in it. It began, you know, at the World's Fair, and it's been written by millions of people and the song. And it's for the entire family, and it's family-friendly, and it's fun, and everybody can ride it. And everything else that makes it, you know, a, a good Disney attraction that's obviously been pretty much unchanged for the past however many decades it is but i think mm -hmm. you're right it is sort of the you know the small world is the butt of the joke um for disney otherwise so in that regard it may be overlooked although oft ridden if that makes yes. sense like, like you're, you're gonna go there you gotta ride small world right right but you're almost doing it like okay we just we have to ride small world or mom likes small world or whatever it is or kids need to go and experience it but it's not like, hey, we got to hurry up and get our fast passes for It's a Small World. Exactly, yeah. It's, one of the, it's, it's that fine line of overlooked versus underrated because I, I wouldn't say it's overlooked, but, you know. And I was I would confess, I was probably – I was one of those people when I first – way back when. When I first went, I kind of had in my mind like, oh, I don't want to go into a small world. It's blah, blah, blah. And silly me, you know, because I, you know, have been on it a thousand times since and adore it. You know, we always get wet on it. I'm still afraid of the upside down fire loops on it. But, you know, it, it, when, when I talk to people who are going to go for the first time and I hear and I say it's a small world and they go, oh, yeah, I'll take the kids on it. Yeah. Uh, I just I just want to no, 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 no. But they'll learn. They'll learn. That's OK. So is it a, when when little Timmy goes back, is it a must yeah. do every time you visit? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. No. Many times over. And and I, I'm proud to say for the entire family, I, we we all love it, oldest to youngest. Okay. My daughter adores it. All right. So, so when I presented the idea to you about underrated, underappreciated, overlooked attractions, whatever it may be, uh, there was one. And even after sort of brain dumping my entire list uh, onto paper or Evernote, <laughs> as it were, 
This is the one that still immediately pops to the top of my mind. It is classic Disney. It goes back to Disneyland. It has its connections to Walt. And it very much is overlooked, underappreciated, not often visited, many times, you know, not experienced at all. And there are many guests who say, yes, I've been going for decades and I have never been to this place. Mm. I think I know. But because you have sure. to sort of make an effort to get there, right? Mm. You have to make a little bit of an effort to get Like It's like going out to Fort Wilderness. Hoop-de-doo is awesome, but you really got to want to go there because you got to like get to Fort Wilderness, get on a bus and get out. Tom Sawyer Island for me. Oh, oh it, okay. Oh, what you, I thought you, you were thinking saying. of something else. I was thinking of something else. Interesting. You got to after but, the, uh, you got to tell me next what what you were thinking okay. about because now I'm very curious, but I don't want to steal okay. it from you. Uh, Tom Sawyer Island, I love. Right, it goes back yeah. to Walt Disney. He grew up in Missouri. He talked about the writings of Mark Twain's of Mark Twain. Uh, it was like the first thing added to Disneyland back in '56. It opened a couple years after Walt Disney World opened in May of 1973, which was and it was a D-ticket attraction, right? So it was when it opened considered to be, yeah, it's not quite E-ticket thrill ride, but this is kind of a big deal, right? They take this big empty space of land, they plant all these trees, they and bushes and streams, and they surround it by water, and like Walt said, he put they put all the things on there that Walt wanted to do as a kid and I think that this place has that still has that same charm that it did when it first opened with just a couple little tweaks and changes here and there but there are so many cool things to go and do and see and explore from the real little critters that are running all over the island to Fort Langhorn to Superstition Bridge and Harper's Mill and the, the mill inside and the song and the bird and the gears. And and look, obviously, I have a, a soft spot in my heart. I told you I wasn't going to go to food, but I'm going to talk about Aunt Polly's Dock. You lied. I knew it. I knew it. You didn't even get through one. You didn't even get through I couldn't one. help it. I couldn't. Help. But, it, you know, for kids, it's a place that they can go exploring. They can get burn off some excess energy. It's You take that cool little raft ride across the way. You've got beautiful vistas of Liberty Square and Frontierland. Parents can sit and relax or go exploring with the kids. The fort is very interactive and they get up there and there's the rifles and there's a the little animatronics in there. And so many people, Tim, never make their way out here. And I think they are missing so, so much. And, you know, I'm one of these people that hopes Tom Sawyer Island never changes. I, I love it just the way it is. But the caves. I'm scared of the caves. <laughs> but, now, think- but that's a good... See, but that's cool, right? Because you probably are scared of the caves, but it's neat because it... <laughs> I probably you am. You probably am. Like, if there was a chicken, if there was a chicken exit to Tom Sawyer Island, <laughs> you would want to take it. But, the, well, but that's the is. fun thing, Don't right? Go. You can so. go and into Injun Joe's cave and it's dark and you got to sort of you know, feel your way around and there's like mystery mines and bottomless pits and shaky bridges and all those kind of things. Like that's so cool, especially for a young kid and he's going in with his mom and dad. Like I love that simple pleasure that Tom Sawyer Island offers. It doesn't have to be high tech. It is the most low tech, no tech place in Walt Disney World. And it's, I think it's a place that should be visited and enjoyed and explored and wandered and meandered through. Well, I think it gets the same stigma that It's a Small World gets in that 
you know, it's a kid's place. Or there's and nothing to do there. I hear, I hear too often, right, why am I going to go there? There's nothing to do there. Right. And, and I, actually, I'm kind of, I was sort of one of those people. I did not, not go because I didn't want to. It was just, as you said, it's kind of a hassle to get there. It's not like you can just walk across the bridge and you're there. So, um, But that adds to the charm. Like that adds yeah, to the, the charm so of going I, there. So I, you know, I made, you know, years ago when I first went there, I, I did, all right, this time I'm going because I would usually – you know, often bypass it. Not because I thought it was for kids, but it was just over there, you know. But yeah, I, I, I'm with you. It was where, once I was there myself, it's so cool over there. And it, it's neat too, because you're, you're, it's one of those places, where, and we've talked about this before, where you're away from everything, even though you're in the heart of everything. And that's, that's a real cool thing about being over there too. You can kind of lose yourself and feel like you're in the middle of nowhere, even though you're in the busiest place park on the planet so and it like my kids you know i think kids look when we went over there for the first time when my kids were older they're like well, who who's you know who, who's becky thatcher who who's tom guy? sawyer yeah. who are these people yeah. who is injun joe and i said all right look we're gonna go home and we're gonna get the, i mean I, I never actually read the book to them but we got the book <laughs> it, you know so theoretically they could have learned a comic book if you want to yeah well at, at some point they're gonna learn who Mark Twain was who you know Sam McClellan right. was who who these characters are, uh, and I think that's you know it it is sort of a little piece of American history and Americana in these in these two islands. Cool. Now, where I thought you were going, and I thought until you said uh, difficult to get to, then I realized you weren't talking about what I was talking about. But is again, this is the same. thing kind of ideas it's a small world and after this i'm veering off onto another area so this is my last entry in this quote-unquote category and these are you know the classic disney attractions but a lot of people think are boring and old and i don't want to look at it i was thinking you were going to the enchanted tiki room wow and you know what not on my list yeah. And again, I say it not because it's not uh beloved and 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 popular. It's not the most, you know, popular thing in the park, but it's not like nobody goes there anyway. But um but it, it like it's a small world. I think it's it's one of those attractions that if you don't know it and if you're not uh a Disney aficionado or been there many times before, and are new to Disney and are looking at roller coasters and all that kind of stuff. You may you look at it and just dismiss it out of hand as eh, it's boring. And and again, many guidebooks and reviewers will pass it off as you know if if you have time maybe, but if you don't, don't even bother because you know it's just songs and they're boring and it's not for kids. The kids will be bored and da 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 da. But again, you know it it's. At the heart of the, I think they're missing the point of what it is. And for all of us who do visit it and love it and recognize it for what it is, this this is a piece of Disney history and Walt Disney history that um, is so much a integral part of what the whole Magic Kingdom is about and what Walt Disney World is about. And even beyond that, if you let yourself get away from the mindset of these songs are boring and stuff. It's just so cool to sit in there and look at everything. It is a wonder of technology. I mean, there's cooler stuff out now these days, of course, with 
computers and all these newfangled gizmos these kids have. But but that's some pretty cool stuff in there. And if you realize the historic importance of it and and that you know how in, in, integral it was in the development of animatronics and all that kind of stuff, it takes on even more uh, importance and and mystique. But even as a show, it's fun. And I'm talking either this one. I didn't mind the Iago one either. Um, although I didn't like the song at the end. But um, <laughs> but again, I think it's it's one of those things when you talk to people who haven't gone and you mention it, they go, oh, I don't want to go there. Which way is Space Mountain? You know, you know, don't don't overlook that, and don't don't just dismiss it out of hand and underrate it, as we're saying on our list. Um, and like it's a small world, I think it gets the butt of jokes sometimes, undeservedly so. So, I uh, I agree, believe it or not, uh, which which scares me that I'm agreeing I, with you yeah, more often yeah. than not. But but you're right, and I think Tiki Room is oh, it's one of those th- oh, you know, it's one of those things sort of we have to go and do because it's been here forever. But it's not one of the things that people get their park maps and they circle like oh, we need to hurry up and get the Tiki right. Room before it fills up later on in the day. You know, we sort of keep coming back to the history and the nostalgia and that classic simple charm. And maybe it's maybe it's us, Tim. Maybe it just means we're getting, we're getting old. Well, it could be. And as I said, this is the last entry I'm doing that's going down that path. But but I think this is one yeah. where if you do take your kids, you'll be pleasantly surprised at the reaction. Like my kids love it. Like my kids love the TQ. Yeah. And they love the and I like the old music and I like the fact that they like the old music too. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the no next school like the old school. Exactly. Someone said that. I've heard that somewhere. Yeah. Um, so my next attraction um, has been described probably in many of those aforementioned guidebooks that you talk about. Um, it's been analogized to sort of like a date with Tim Foster, right? It's long. It's boring. It's slow. You just kind of go around in circles, and then at the end, you're sort of right back where you started. Who have you you've can't been just wait talking to. to. <laughs> Wow. But I'm sadly gonna... not off the mark. <laughs> I kid because I love, but I, I'm uh, I'm actually not venturing far from where I just came. And in fact, these two attractions are are somewhat tied together because I think that the Liberty Square Riverboat, the beauty that that is the Liberty Bell, is so much more than just a casual, leisurely, meandering boat ride. And it's important. And it's fun, and it's educational, and it's interesting, and there's so much more to see than what meets the eye when you walk up to the riverboat landing. Look, again, this is a D-ticket attraction opened up the day after Walt Disney World opened on October 2nd, uh, 1971. And there's a great sort of history in terms of the Admiral Joe Fowler and the Richard F. Irvine now eventually just, you know, the the one uh, ship that's there. But... While the narration has changed ever so slightly, it really goes back to that storytelling along the mighty Mississippi. And again, it goes back to, you know, Horace Bixby and then Samuel Clemens, Mark Twain, obviously. Um, Horace Bixby was a real person. Like, he was a riverboat pilot, and he met Sam Clemens and taught him how to pilot a riverboat. So there's a great bit of, again, American history there. But as you're going through... The the vessel, you know, as you're on the vessel itself, right? It, it's beautiful, right? There, there's it's a multi-deck thing. You can go back into the back. You can learn that it is a real, you know, steam paddled, pa- steam powered paddle wheeler, 
and you know see the yeah. see the <laughs> engines in motion. Go and check out the the captain's quarters and some of the great, beautiful woodworking and details. Maybe, maybe even ask if you can go and pilot the riverboat. Oh. But as you go around on this journey, you go past all these great scenes like the Powhatan mm. Indian settlement obviously tied into Pocahontas. There's Beacon Joe, Wilson's Cave-In, so there's all sort of like the, the real pirates of the Ohio River during the Revolutionary, or sort of like right after the Revolutionary War. There's references to Davy Crockett, again, Fort Langhorne. So there's so much cool stuff to see there, right? And I think that's what I love about it. It's that simple pleasure. It's that simple place to just sit and watch and really pay attention and listen but so many people are like, oh, I gotta wait for the boat to come back, and I don't have time. I gotta go in the yard. And it is very much overlooked, and and I think certainly too underappreciated, especially if you have not paid attention to the fantastic voiceover work and the narration. And during and, Mickey's not so scary Halloween party, I believe yeah. they still do a different sort of haunted narration, which is yeah. awesome sauce. So oh. I'm going to sort of, I'm marrying together Tom Sawyer Island. Look, I will tell you that when I was researching the uh, the Liberty Square audio tour, I yeah. not only learned a ton that I obviously didn't learn in school, but mm. I fell in love with that land. <laughs> I fell in love with the land and the details and the imagineering that went into it and, and really became, I really came to appreciate it so much more than I had in the past. Well, and and, yeah, and lest, lest we forget, it also affords you wonderful views of the Haunted Mansion and Splash Mountain and Big Thunder Mountain that you cannot see from anywhere else. That's true. So, so all you shutter bugs, he, it, it has incredible photo ops. Now, like you, like you have, of the Haunted Mansion especially, like you'll see – you might see pictures of the Haunted Mansion – online from other people and wonder how did they get that where are they possibly standing that's where they're standing and i think the thing it, it had in common with um tom sawyer island because i was catching a thread there <laughs> is <laughs> in this day and we talked so many times about you know slowing down and stopping and smelling the roses and taking in the detail and looking at the little things and all that it's it's people that go with the mindset of that they got to go 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 and hit all the big attractions and the idea of going somewhere where you can just relax or sit and do nothing whether it's just walking around Tom Sawyer Island or sit or taking a ride on the Liberty Bell slowly and leisurely kind of goes in the face of you know I got to do a million things in XYZ so um, that I I would assume that has a lot part of it too and convincing people you can stop and do these things and is, you should uh, stop you should and take you should the time stop. and do it you should I agree with you I love that one maybe I'll go on it one day so <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding I kid of course let's see so the next one I'm stuck between I'm stuck between a few here. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with this one. This one was kind of a toss up because actually, I think in this regard I could have picked a few different attractions and come up with the same reasoning behind it. But we're going over to Epcot, and I would say in general, World Showcase at one point might have fallen into this as a whole, as you know, an overlooked place. But of course, it's 
nowadays it's it's extremely popular and it's there's no shortage of people that go there. Deservedly so. It's as I've mentioned many times, I'm sure it's probably my favorite place in all of Walt Disney World. But aside from the eating and the shopping and the drinking for those who do, um, there are a few attractions hidden here and there. Some of them are popular and some I think are quite overlooked and underrated. And the one I'm putting on the list, even though I could have chosen from several, I think, is the Reflections of China film. Mm. And I, I think it's it's one of those and I, I think you can say this with pretty much every of every one of the films there with possibly the exception of the France film, which I think is, is the fact that you can sit down has a lot to do with it, I think. But but I you know, you just you talk to so many people or you read about it and people seem to dismiss the fact that, you know, the movie's there, I don't understand to watch it. They may not even know it's there. Um they may not think it's that big of a deal to see, you know, but, uh, you know, it, it is, it's a beautiful film. All the films in World Showcase are beautiful, of course, in their own way. And I think China has, um, it's, it's filled with beautiful scenery, things that most people have never seen before. And and I think it's a wonderful way to experience uh, China as a country, as, as a different, as a culture, and as a people that, you know, we ordinarily don't get to experience. And, uh, you know, I am always, every time I go, there's like a handful of people there. I think a lot of people use it as a something to do while I'm waiting for my Maelstrom Fast Pass to come through, you know, things like that. But, but I do encourage everybody, like, don't, don't, the eating and the shopping and everything is wonderful, but don't, don't, don't overlook the attractions that are in all of the World Showcase pavilions. Aside from the popular ones like, you know, American Adventure and so forth, there's lots of treasure to be found. And I even talked about the art galleries and so forth that I was thinking of throwing on the list. But um, but the movie's an actual attraction. I thought you'd yell at me if I said go to the anime gallery because that's not really an attraction. But um, so Reflections of China or Oh Canada. Well, see, I which, see was my, which was vote number two. I so. see what you almost tried to do there, but but pay attention. Let me show you how this is done, right? Let me show you how this is done because when you said Epcot Center, I, I was I didn't say to, Epcot Center because it's not called that anymore. Well, to me, it's still it's a little I Epcot know. Center. So when you said Epcot, and I was wondering where you were going to go, I thought yeah. about places that are underrated and overlooked, like living with the land or the Grand Forest. Wait, hold on, you're taking them off my list here. Oh, you cheat. You that cheat being so said, bad. but then you started talking about a, a film, and I will I, I will see your China. Yeah. And I will raise you Impressions de France. Well, see, now I now I, I argue with you. Wait, what? <laughs> no, oh, I don't what? argue with you. Well, like I said, I think any of the films I could have thrown in there. I, I feel like Impressions de France is – I don't know. I don't have numbers to back me up. I get the sense it's of the films, it's the most popular one for – you know, I mean, it's France. You can sit down. There's air conditioning and all that. I, don't know. I could be wrong. But but I'm, I'm with – I mean, I, that is – 
you, a you beautiful can, film as well. I, I, and Nick Canada is a beautiful film. So well, right, and there, there, you can certainly make arguments as to why why France may be popular because it's the e- most easily accessible, right? Yeah. China, you have to stand up. Canada, you gotta like go through the forest and the mountains and go downstairs. It's like all the way in the back, and then you get sidetracked by cheddar cheese stoop, and you never end up making it anyway. <laughs> right. But yeah. I think France. I think the the, yeah. the impressions of France film. Is arguably, well, it's, I, I think certainly in, in in World Showcase is the most beautiful film. Well, I'm not arguing that point. Right. I'm it, not, it, it is saying, the know. most beautiful film. It's remained pretty much unchanged since opening day in 1982. Bob Rogers designed it, like just spectacular. And I think what makes the film is such an incredible musical score, at, which was, by the way, arranged by Buddy Baker. No. Did, yeah. Yes. Real. I no. kid you not. Right. Come really. on. Okay. Um, but I think the you know you've got these swooping aerial views and then the close-ups and then obviously places that you recognize like Eiffel Tower and Champs Elysees and the Arc de Triomphe and, and forgive my bad pronunciations. Thank wow. you very much. Someone um, took French in sixth grade. <laughs> I never took. Well, never mind. So, uh, but just from the narrators, and again, you probably go through 50 some odd different, and I will tell you from a personal standpoint, part of the reason why I love it is because it has one of my favorite pieces of music of all time. Claire de Lune, I could listen to all day, every day. From Ocean's Eleven. Oh my, I, I love that film. Who, both of them. The original... <laughs> And the new one. I can't. I've never the old one. I can't. Oh no, come on! New, I, I only mentioned the new one because that if, if I'm not, I don't want to digress too much. But people know the film, know this, who's seen at the end where they play that, and it's it's on all the time. So I'm playing it all the time, and I can't. I always think of Epcot when it comes on, and my daughter's always in the next room, like, "Why are you playing that song over and over again?" And I'm explaining, "Well, it's the end of the movie." But oh, the boost- now I'm with you. I, I if I had to pick my favorite film out of all of them, it would definitely be France, but. That wasn't the point of the list. And you're, but I you're, think it's overlooked, right? Because I think it's overlooked. Well, and people say, sure. and they start walking through France, and they've got their little map with them, and they say, oh, what's back there? And they say, oh, it's an 18-minute film about France. They're like, oy vey, let me, let me move on and do something else. Like, <laughs> I don't think they say Like, wait a minute, they're, they're doing the handmade ice cream right here, and you want me to go sit through a film? It's very easy to get distracted by beautiful things in France. The smell of the parfumerie, the smell of the bakery, or the handmade ice cream as well. So I think it's very easy to overlook it. Again, there's nothing, you know, pardon the use of the word, but there's nothing like sexy about it. Like, oh, who's the, you know, who's the celebrity narrator? Well, there is no Martin Short here. It's just, you know, it's Claude Gobet. And who, everyone's like, who? What? What? So, who? That guy, right. I'm so, still waiting to hear how I'm wrong with reflections of China. No, 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 no you're not wrong. You're at, no, you I think, said, let me tell you how this is done. Oh, I'm no, still what I was trying to tell you how it was done was you tried <laughs> to sneak in other ones in there. Uh, all right. <laughs> yeah, see, I, gotta, see, I don't go there. I played, <laughs> I played this game up front, all cards on you the gotta table. you got to learn you're, from the pros, you, man. Like, if you're going to do it, you, you got to sneak them in. You even stole one on my list without even Well, let's trying. not steal it. Let's, let's stay at Epcot I, Center for a little while. Forget it. Because I'm curious. See, I don't know if you actually just did one or not. Like, is it your turn? 
That, yes. This is what it, you do. Impressions to France <laughs> is with is was absolutely um, on my list. Um, right, so it's now it's my turn again. It is your turn. So I'm curious: is it going <laughs> Just, to be Grand Fiesta Tour or Living with the Land? <sighs> well, you didn't mention Grand Fiesta Tour. I did as one of the. Th- I mentioned it as one of the things I was not going to mention. <laughs> uh, oh, well, I heard "Living with the Land" and lost my marbles. Marbles. So I'm going to just go with "Living with the Land," and um, it's a curious one. See, to me, that this is the most curious one on the list. Wait, before you go, I got to ask you a question. Yes. Living with the land, or listen yes. to the land. Let, I don't know what that other one was. So living with the land. It's the, no wait wait what? It's the original. It's the classic. I wasn't Let's there in nineteen eighty. We all love nature's plan will shine above. Let's listen to the land. All right, just I like listen that to the one. Land. Come on, you know all the words. It's the best. You're just, the guy. just make believe. You're a tiny little <laughs> seed. A tiny little seed that's reaching up. I'm, I'm going to break out in song in two seconds. Sorry, go ahead. You might on. not know this, but I've never actually been to Walt Disney World. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, starting, I'm starting to wonder. <laughs> now, I, 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 I say curious with living with the land because uh, as far as under – again, we're talking – there's that underrated slash overlooked kind of divide here. And underrated, I think um, – um, I don't think anyone would, like you would say they would speak negatively of it um, or anything like that. Um, like it's not the butt of Disney jokes like It's a Small World would be or something. But in terms of overlooked slash underrated, I, I find it really uh, curious to look at because not too long ago it was extremely popular and had one of the longest lines in all of Epcot continuously. Until Soren opened, and then nobody went on living with the land anymore. I mean, I, I can remember going on living with the land where uh, you know forty-five minutes an hour wait was the norm, and you needed you a fast pass. You, you needed, needed a fast pass. pass. You had to get one. And nowadays, I, I find it amusing. There's a fast pass kiosk there at all because I usually you know you could walk right on. Obviously, because Soren has siphoned you know the bulk all of the traffic to that side of the pavilion away from things like living with the land and even circle of life and, and things like that. But, but living with the land, I, I now, you know, look at and see that nobody really goes on it. Um, it's not talked about too much. And, uh, I, I maintain it's still one of my favorite attractions in all of Epcot. I mean, I love all the attractions in Epcot, but it's classic, uh, you know, long, slow ride, a bit of education, but much like a date lots, with Tim. <laughs> it's like a date with Tim. Um, lots of wonderful things to see. And again, like we, I think we talked. Oh, we talked about this when we were doing our narrators, and I got all the rules screwed up, and you told me about it. But um, it's changed slightly over the years, um, most noticeably in the fact that you know a live cast member with you telling you what to look at as opposed to the pre-recorded narration that you have now. But it's still cool to see the nine-pound lemons and the, the, the Mickey Mouse-shaped pumpkins. And uh, if, if you go on it multiple times and have been on it before, you'll, you'll always see new things, like a new 
um, Mickey Mouse shaped cage in the shrimp tanks or at Christmas, the snowman in the greenhouse and, and little things like that. Um, but even beyond the details, I think it's just, uh, it's such a diverse experience. Like not only do you have the greenhouse, which I think is what everybody thinks of, but you have the rainforest scene, which is to me, absolutely stunning. And one of the most beautiful scenes in all of Walt Disney world that you can experience on an attraction and the farm and the, the, uh, the American prairie and the desert. And, and all of that makes it something that I, I just feel so, why doesn't anybody go on this? This is so cool. Um, it's nice that I can get on it with no weight, but I think nowadays it has definitely fallen into the definitely overlooked, not sure if it's underrated necessarily, but one that I think many people do pass over, like we talked about with some of these other things on their way to it, the land pavilion means soaring, some to eat, and I'm out, you know. And it's a shame because there's so much more to do in the land pavilion, that chief being among them. But like I said, you also, there's a circle of life. There's all these other things to do. So, Yeah, you want to talk about something overlooked in the land pavilion, like circle of life and environment. Like who really is like, hey, we got to make sure we see circle of life. No, and I case. confess, I force, I do have to force myself to go see that. But um, it's, yeah, it's it's very, very far off the rate. I mean, it's not on my list, but as yeah. I sort of argue it, it should be because I think it's so far off the radar and I think people literally are running by it to get downstairs to Soren, and mm-hmm. then maybe while they're waiting for what you know they'll they'll ride living with the and, and I'll sort of counter your argument for living with the land because maybe Uh-oh. it's not as underrated anymore because I will tell you that I always used to love that attraction, and part uh. of what I loved about it was <clears throat> a the song. I, I think a lot of these attractions that are still very popular and significant and they have that song that that memorable song and living with the land was that catchy kitschy corny 80s tune but we all kind of know the words other than you but i, I liked the animatronics you know, the you know it's like 2014 now right of course i do i'm just throwing it out i'm still living in the 80s baby like Luke's i got my cavariches and my parachute on. pants and my michael jackson thriller jacket and when those come back in i'm good to go all right, they have like 3D computer animation now. I don't know if you've seen that yet. Whatevs. They might have 3D computer animation, but as a kid, and still to this day, for the first time, people who ride Living with the Land, when they go in and they see the greenhouses and they see, there is something fascinating about that, right? You're like, oh, this is what the future is going to be. Like, when I saw it in 1982, I'm like, in the future, we're going to be growing stuff in our backyards in, like, sand with water and hydroponics. And Hydroponics. I know what hydroponics is thanks to living right. with And it. I still don't have my hydroponics. I don't have my flying uh, jet car. I don't have Rosie the Robot. All those things that they promised me as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, Epcot has ripped you off. <laughs> Epcot and TV, right? I'm still waiting for it all to come to fruition. But, uh, okay. but I will tell you that the things that I that that I, I miss about this attraction, it, it sounds silly maybe, but I miss the human narrator. Mm-hmm. I think although it was very scripted, there was something about having that person there. It made it a more intimate, more personal experience. So I think it did lose something for me when it went to the overhead recorded narration. Um, had I not known the difference that it was there before, I probably wouldn't mind as much. But 
that is one of the things that I miss. So I still like the attraction. I think they very easily and very inexpensively could do things to update it, to make it fresh again, like they did a few years ago. Um, and I do, but listen, I still do love seeing the House of B. Jones at 82. <laughs> I have a mystery way. question about living with the land, and maybe you can help me with this. Go ahead. Are you ready? Okay. This is like, this is my, what does this person do question? When you're, let's see, when you're starting out and you go through, you, you get through the rainforest and the farmhouse and all that, and you're making the, the voyage down the tunnel that leads into the greenhouses, there's a cast member sitting in a little fold-up chair by like a telephone desk or something just staring at the desk. What is that person doing and why are they standing there? You don't know why you they're know, there? Do you know who I'm talking about? Are they there to make sure I don't jump out of the boat? Probably. It's, they, they're really only there for you. So, <laughs> well, no, seen... I always wonder and I always feel sorry for them because they look so sad and, and bored sitting there. And they're not even really looking at me. They're looking at – I uh, I don't know if they at one time opened oh, – I don't know what they're They're looking doing. at you, kid. <laughs> I, no. I don't think that that cast member is there anymore. The last time I was on the attraction, Are you sure? I, yeah, right. yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll look I, next time. I always now I have yeah. to go just to see if that cast member. I go member's... to see, and and if they're there, yell out like, "What are you doing over there?" But, <laughs> What's the deal, dude? But be, but be polite and don't ruin the experience for the other guests on the boat. So. <laughs> you sound like you speak from experience, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sir. Please sit down and Mr. Shut Foster up. again. Yeah. Really, must we tase you again on Living with the Land? <laughs> Oh, uh, that don't that was a bad experience. Don't bring it. All right, so you know, I keep coming back to Magic Kingdom. Mine, right? Well, you keep fighting me on all mine. So I, yeah. I don't fight you. I just it's, I'm gonna it's, it's really fun dialogue. That. You can't fight me on <laughs> you. Listen, I don't think that you can fight me on these, right? Okay, all right. Well, all right. Go ahead. You probably you can. Got? So I'm going to. Um, in the interest of time, because oddly enough, we we always seem to run long. In the interest of time, no. I'm going to lump two together. Because I think that they are potentially... How is that in the interest of time? You're going to make it twice as long. <laughs> because I think, to a certain degree, they are overlooked or... They're overlooked or experienced for the same reasons. Okay. Right? I think, oftentimes, shows like Carousel of Progress and The Hall of Presidents are overlooked because they may seem like they are boring, outdated. I don't want to go there. I don't want to sit through. I don't want to be educated about American history. I don't care about the industrial advances, blah, blah, blah. Let's go to Hall of Presidents or Carousel of Progress so we can get out of the blistering heat and take a nap. I can't stand that. I can't mm. stand the, let's go to Hall of Presidents and take a nap. Like, mm. not only is it un-American and distinctly unpatriotic, but it is wow. a beautiful attraction. I love my country. <laughs> I can't help it. It is a beautiful wow. attraction. I love uh. the refurbishment. With the addition mm -hmm. of Obama, but more importantly, Morgan Freeman adds a layer to that attraction that was not there before. So I do believe it's inspiring, right? I, I do believe that it's a little bit, I think the pace is a lot better than it was before. I think it is very much an educational experience. I think there's some great audio animatronics in there from a purely technological and Disney history standpoint. 
it is so much in the spirit of Walt Disney who loved this country and who wanted you know the uh, 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 the Edison Square in Disneyland and his own little sort of a, a corner of America Americana there that led to the rise of Liberty Square and the Hall of Presidents and Carousel of Progress it's Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress there is a great big beautiful tomorrow Tim Foster now is the time now is the best time let those two attractions never change they should Everybody should see it every time they go. I'm off my soapbox. Oh, you're mad. I'm, I'm, I'm in passion. Wow. <laughs> wow. I didn't, I didn't realize I was going to get so passionate about Carousel of Progress and the Hall of Presidents. Yeah, well, Carousel of Progress is boring. Hey, hey. Next. Listen. You know what? Listen. You're, whatever. Now you're going to say, now you're going to tell me that you think the American Adventure should be updated and should be changed too. Uh, uh, <laughs> By the way, no, see, I, I, I just stuck in three attractions in my one. Yeah, good good job. That's fine. And how, oh, I, I can't speak. I am anti American if I say anything. <laughs> this is how you pick your battles. This is great. No, I actually, I totally agree with you. And I, I, was pre- I was really close to putting at least Carousel Progress on the list. Um, if nothing else, because you know the perpetual rumor that they're going to close it because nobody ever goes there and all that, but but I love it. I lo- I I love the air conditioning, but that's not why I go. And but uh, the only thing that uh, unnerved me about Hall of Presidents, which I agree is fantastic and everybody should see it, and it is very much one of those I got better things to do. We don't need to go there places. But I, I was watching it. Um, I think most recently, and for some reason, I think it was John Quincy Adams' head was spinning around like The Exorcist, and that kind of what? freaked me out. I, I, there, there was You're something totally dreaming that up. Like no, you... I was I was in there, and I'm watching. Yeah, because because you know, in the Hall of Presidents, one of the cool things to do when you're in, other than enjoying the show, but when the presidents are up, is you you look at the ones uh, that are just. You know, not Abraham Lincoln and not Obama, the other ones. And you see them fidgeting and, you know, looking around and blinking and stuff. And it, I, it, there was John Quincy Adams. And there was something wrong with the animatronic, obviously. And his head was going, ka-ching, 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 ka-ching. It was, and it was um, so not true. What did you have, like bad gas station sushi or something before you went to the park that day? No, it was, hey, stuff happens. You know, sometimes you see Space Mountain with the lights on. Sometimes the president's head spin around. I understand stuff happens. Sometimes you have to sit through the Christmas scene three times in Carousel of Progress because the theater stopped moving, which is really weird when they're talking, but the figures aren't doing anything. It's, you know. Whatever. That's like a whole other list we could do. Go to the next one or list. I don't know what I had. All right. Uh, well, this is, this, this is number five if you're keeping track. Who's keeping track? Go ahead. Nobody is. So I'm trying. Let me see. See, I have one that you're probably really – all right, here. I'm going to pick this based on which one you're going to fight me on the most. And I'm going to go with this one. Okay. So I'm going to the Magic Kingdom. And I confess, I'm kind of – I'm not even sure this is underrated. So this is um, – hey, kids, it's go with me here time. So everybody <laughs> buckle in, sit down, and get ready for some mayhem. As Lou yells at me. Um, Enchanted Tales with Belle. Huh. I'm throwing in there. And again, I'm not, I, I may not be fairly putting it on this list. Um, the only reason I'm putting it on the list is 
um, really comes from talking to uh, people that I know that are going to Disney for the first time shortly. Congratulations to them. I can't wait to hear how they love it. But, you know, in the course of talking to people, you talk about, you know, where should I go? What should I see? What should I do? And Enchanted Tales with Belle, obviously a new attraction that, you know, even if um, you're someone that went to Disney when you were a kid and you're going back, you haven't seen it, so you don't know what it is. And the reason I'm putting it on this list is I, I get the impression, and because I thought, for the most part, that this is an attraction that's really geared towards kids. And if you're, if you don't have kids, you know, you're just by yourself or you're with your spouse or whatever, this, this might not be something you'd want to do. Like, you know, you, you wouldn't necessarily go to the Honey, I Shrunk the Audience or Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movie adventure playset because, you know, you're not a kid. And I, I think a lot of people are getting stuck in their heads that Enchanted Tales with Belle is purely for children. And I will tell you from someone, and I, I know you'll agree with this, Luke, from someone who's seen it and experienced it, it is for everybody. Yes, it is primarily focused towards children in that they're the ones that primarily participate in it. But the whole experience from start to finish is just filled with so many wonderful things to see from everything from the details uh, of the books and the knickknacks and the and the little pieces of scenery from the, you know from the film that are now brought to life inside the cottage to the magic portal that you you just have to see it to to experience it. it it's you really can't describe how the mirror opens up and the lights go down and it magically opens up and you enter the castle. And and that's not even we haven't even mentioned the animatronics of Lumiere, which is stunning. And less Madame Wardrobe I I find is equally as stunning. I mean Lumiere gets all the attention deservedly so I think, but but the animatronic figure for Madame Wardrobe is is pretty cool too. And I think there's so many things for uh, grown-ups to see and experience, not just the kids. And, you know, everyone has seen the film and loves the film. And, and if you've, if, you've do, if you've seen it and you love it, or even if you don't, there's just so many things to see, whether you're young or old. So I'm saying it's, I think it might be underrated in the sense that people might think it's just for kids, and if they don't have kids, they're not going to go see it. Go see it anyway. It's fantastic. Whew. Off my soapbox. Interesting. Interesting. All right, go ahead. Tell me why. Let me tell you why you're wrong there, Tim. Go ahead. I, I don't think you're wrong at all. I think, look, I think it's certainly, it's, look, this is obviously a very subjective list, right? When yes, we consider Because things that we may be considering underrated or overlooked are undoubtedly somebody's favorite attraction. Well, of course. You're know, like, my God, man, how are you possibly putting this thing on your list? I go to it six times every time I'm in Walt Disney World. So it, it's a subjective list because I think maybe. We're, we're overgeneralizing that maybe some people might not go for one reason or another. So I don't disagree with that at all, right? I mean, certainly it's not something I do every time I go. When you said Magic Kingdom, watch what I'm going to do here. When you said uh, Magic Kingdom, I was expecting something kids. different. I okay. was expecting you to maybe pick a couple of things that were on my list from the Magic Kingdom. So, well, for example... One left, I'm really curious. For example... Which- 
one of the things I was going to mention, but I won't. Instead, Mm -hmm. I'll direct you to show number 176, where we do an hour-long look at, wait Uh, for it, Prince Charming Regal Carousel. And you're you're going, wait, what? what? Why would you put a carousel on there? Exactly. Because people walk in, they go, you know what, kids? We don't need to do this. It's the same exact thing that we have on the boardwalk or we have at the state fair. Why do we need to go on the carousel? You need to go on the carousel because it was built in 1917. It is the oldest attraction in the Magic Kingdom. There's, It's a beautiful – I mean, it's just in design-wise, it is beautiful to look at. It is something special. It is the centerpiece of Fantasyland and all of Walt Disney World. I also thought <laughs> – Okay. Well, since that one didn't count because you were wrong. Since, but- that one, since that one didn't count – yeah. What I will say is that I'm going. Neither does the Mad Tea Party. That doesn't count <laughs> no. either. But the one that is on my list, uh, honestly, okay. and one that I, I feel is is overlooked, and sometimes it it's overlooked by necessity because mm-hmm. of the type of attraction it is. It is not accessible to many guests who have physical limitations or, for one reason or another, can't get up the oh so many stairs. Of the Swiss Family Treehouse. Oh, see, I knew you were going to get... Are you just an Adventureland Liberty no, Square? No, you know what? I have an affinity to this attraction that is is so simple in concept, but it's rich in story, both imagineered and, and going back like to the, to the original story and the Disney film. There's great details in there. There's some really cool little gags and stories. And you want to talk about sight lines? And for, yeah. for shutterbugs and things to see, it's first the tree is majestic and the views are spectacular. So there's a lot of reasons why I love the Swiss Family Treehouse, and I put that on my list over things like Mickey's Philharmagic or the Country Bear Jamboree. Oh, oh God, slow down, man! <laughs> Jeez. Well, that I agree with you, and that's why I put it over things like Journey into Imagination and Grand Fiesta Tour and the Aquarium at the Living Seas. The Aquarium, not the ride through, the Aquarium. So, All right, so ha, touche. So listen, I think that that's actually you know that tree t- took looked six hundred years to grow. That tree, did you know that? What's the official name for it? Disney this hydroxyx and then I know this. Wait, hold on. Uh, wait, come on. Yeah, you can do wh- this. Talk about food for a while. <laughs> no, go ahead. Come Talk on, about you, you know. Did you know at the bet that that there's the Dole Whip and then you got um yeah the did, that did you uh, mean the Disney Odendron Eximus? No, what? No, keep going. Keep the going. Disney Odendrum Eximus. Which no. means, what does it mean? It means out of the ordinary Disney oh, tree. You hate you, me so you, much. You ruined it for me. Did you know? Lou, did you know? <laughs> Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait. Wait. I'm on this cool website that has all these neat facts in it. <laughs> all right. But listen, that's, Tim, we did something. It's celebrationspress.com, by the way. We've plug. never, ever done this before. Our top 10 but list thought, was, for the most oh, part, a top 10 list. No, it wasn't. Okay. <laughs> That being said, <laughs> wait a second, wait a second. We did not give, wait, hold on, wait. We didn't give, we have to, a couple of quick addendums. Because we did not hey. give love to two parks, nor did oh, we give love yeah. to things outside the park. So I'm going to give one. Disney the, Odendron Eximus. Yeah, all right. You know, there, there's, Disney um, Odendron there's a series Florence of books Brandis. called right, the Walt Disney World Trivia Books, Volume 1 and 2, which are pretty much evergreen in terms of their content. They are available by visiting... <laughs> WDWradio.com. 
Um, all right, very quickly, one at the studios, one at Disney's Animal Kingdom, one outside the parks, one man's dream, without a doubt. Go back yeah. to show number 140. We do a full live walkthrough of One Man's Dream and why you go need to go and see that attraction. And over at Disney's Animal Kingdoms, Disney's Animal Kingdom, I'm going to give you Flights of Wonder as the overlooked attraction Whoa. there. And, but wait, outside the park, I'm going to give you daytime and nighttime. Daytime. Wait, One Man's Dream, issue number 28 of Celebration Cover <laughs> Story. It's March Fest, 2014. Tw- uh, Celebrationspress.com. It's wonderful. <laughs> outside the park. During the day, I give you Winter Summerland Mini Golf. And at oh. night, oh. At, at night, please yeah. find a spot. Come close to the ones that you love, or at least the people you can stand. And please watch the beauty of the electrical water pageant. Oh. Thank you. Oh. Yeah. Hold on. I'm wiping a tear. Or are you Googling attractions at Hollywood Studios and Disney's Animal Kingdom? I'm trying to Google. What's Hollywood Studios? What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, that place. Any, you got anything? Any, any last any last? Uh, I, I tried to throw in mine. I said the Aquarium Imagination Grand Fiesta Tour, which you sort of... Hollywood sort Studios of, and Disney's sort of stole. Hollywood Studios. There's got to be something. The magic of Disney thing? Animation. Yes. And I'm going to help you out over at Disney's Animal Kingdom. No, I'm going to give you one. Well, I'm going to give you one. Go ahead. I don't know. I got to think of it. Hold on. Maharaja Jungle Trek. Exactly. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. I love Asia. Love Asia. Oh, and the food outside at Yak and Yeti. Ah, yeah. See. See. Chunk and Ned's Junior Jungle. Oh, they're not there anymore. (laughs) What what issue of Celebrations Magazine are you looking at? Are you looking at volume one, number one? Yeah, Chunk and Ned's (laughs) Junior Jungle Boats was the cover story of issue number five. All right, but listen, I, I want to hear, I, and I'm sure you do too, little Timmy Foster, <laughs> I want to hear from those people who are listening, what is your number one, pick the one, your underrated Walt Disney World attraction, underrated, overlooked, whatever ever it may be, stand up, get on your soapbox, make your argument. Why you I was do, wrong. You're not, listen, there's no wrong answer. There's just some of Unless them are it's sort of my more, answer, right. There's okay. just some that are more ridiculous than others. Go okay. to wdwradio.com, <laughs> click on the podcast link, find this week's episode, and go to the show notes. Leave your comments there. I promise you, I will respond to your comments, and I'm sure Tim will as well. You can also go to facebook.com/slash wdwradio. Leave comments there. Tweet me. I'm at Lou Mangello, or better yet. Get, make your argument, call the voicemail, 407-900-9391, or you can just click on the button right in the podcast show notes, and you can leave a voicemail right from your computer's microphone. And then when you're done with all that, please go and visit celebrationspress.com. You can subscribe and order back issues in print or now and digitally. Digital, too. We're, new. We're back to digital. Yay. <laughs> That includes all the back issues that are sold out. You can what? get them again, people. You can get them now. Wow. Everyone who's asked, because we sold out a lot of the early ones, but they're available again. I've got For a your iPad, of- Kindle, Nook, device, all that, all that all fangled the- computer <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Don't hurt yourself. And I'm going to throw it out there, too. I'm teasing. This is a tease coming shortly. Soon. Announcement. Soon to come. 
Volume 2 of the Celebrations Christmas Special Edition book. Oh, coming soon. Very coming soon. soon. It better Just be soon. Christmas up. is right around the corner. That's why it's printing as we speak. The announcement is coming shortly. I think you just made it. I actually think you just made the announcement. I did. <laughs> so. Well, they, I, I announced it that that an announcement is coming. To announce you can buy it. Oh, okay. I, have, I have with that. Uh, well, actually, by this time this airs, it might be very well out there. So, so. <laughs> Check it out. There you go. Well, man, listen, this was cool. You know, we've got like 800 more ideas for top tens to do uh, very much in the near future. So uh, Timmy Foster, never underrated in my book. Thank you so much, my friend. Thanks, buddy. Shrunken Ned's Junior Jungle Boat. <laughs> yeah, the only time I ever did that, you were there and I got stuck in a volcano. <laughs> And you, got, and you got wet, so... And I got wet. Time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to the details in what you see and maybe, like this week, in what you hear. You can then enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package. But before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, a lot of the discussion was about the closing of Maelstrom in Norway to be replaced with a Frozen-themed attraction, so I thought it only appropriate to ask a question about that specific attraction. The Maelstrom attraction begins with an ascent up the waterfall where you're greeted by a floating, glowing head of someone who says, you are not the first to pass this way, nor sh that's the worst impression ever. But you know, he goes on to say that those who seek the spirit of Norway face peril and adventure, yada, yada, yada. Well, at least he did up until next week. Anyway, the question for you last week was, tell me, who is that person that's, that's telling you that you are not the first to pass this way again? And hundreds of you entered and got this one correct, knowing that, of course, it was Odin the god from Norse mythology, the all-father of the gods, the ruler of Asgard, and, oh, by the way, he's also Thor's dad. But I randomly selected one winner from all the correct entries for all a copy of all six of my audio walking tours of the Magic Kingdom, a copy of my new book, 102 Ways to Save Money for Not Walt Disney World, and an autographed photo of legendary Disney composer and half of the Sherman brothers, Richard M. Sherman. And last week's winner is... Al Rosario. So, Al, congratulations. I will send you an email to get your address so I can send your prize package out to you. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So, another attraction in Walt Disney World that's been around for a long time, like the beginning of the Disney MGM slash Hollywood Studios, is also closing on September 27th to make way for an as-yet unannounced attraction or expansion and that is, of course, the Backlot Tour, or sort of what's left of the original Backlot Tour. And so your question for the, this week is this. What is the name of the oil company featured in Catastrophe Canyon on the burning tanker truck? And also, by the way, you can also find it on a crashed plane during the tour as well. 
That's it. All you need to do is tell me the name of the oil company you have until Sunday, September 28th at 11.59 p.m. to send your answer to contest at wdwradio.com. You'll be playing for, again, all the audio tours, a copy of 102 Ways to Save Money for and at Walt Disney World, and a signed copy of my Walt Disney World Trivia Book, Volume 2. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks so much for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. I also want to give a quick big thanks to everybody who has rated and reviewed my latest book, 102 Ways to Save Money for and at Walt Disney World over on Amazon.com, including T7788, Darren Lundy, Troy Garner, Tina Cairo, Scott, and Crazy Mac. I really do appreciate it. To find out more, including all the different ways you can order the book in print and in digital formats like Kindle, iBooks, Nook, and Kobo, you can visit Disney102.com. Also, don't forget that in addition to the show, if you go to visit WDWRadio.com, there you'll find our multiple daily blog posts, our videos, newsletter, free app for your mobile device, discussion forums, and lots more. And be sure to join me every Wednesday night for WDW Radio Live, a live, interactive video broadcast and chat where you can be part of the conversation about this week's Walt Disney World news. Then stay. We'll chat some more. You can ask me anything again. That's 7.30 p.m. Eastern every Wednesday over at www.radiolive.com. Also, you know I love hearing from you, so if you have a question you want answered on the air, you can email me at lou at wdwradio.com, or if you want to be heard on the air, you can call the voicemail at 407-900-9391, or just click Leave Lou a Voicemail button over on wdwradio.com. I also invite you to connect with me over on Twitter. I'm at Lou Mangiello, facebook.com slash Lou Mangiello, or you could like the WDW Radio page over at facebook.com slash Radio. Of course, as much as I love connecting with you guys online and engaging in conversation there, nothing, my friends, beats a handshake and a hug. And that's why every month I have free monthly meetups in Walt Disney World. And the next is going to be Sunday, September 28th from 3 o'clock to 4.30 p.m. over in Storybook Circus in sort of the rest area, the location of the former Fast Pass location. You can grab a frozen drink or a snack over at Big Top Souvenirs. Come by, bring the entire family. Anyone and everyone is welcome. You can find out more on RSVP by visiting the events page over at www.radio.com. There you'll also find out about our live broadcast the day before from the Disney Weddings and Honeymoon Expo. You can watch that from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. over at www.radiolive.com. And to find out about other events and meetups around the country, you can visit loumangelo.com. There you can find out where else I'll be speaking and having meetups and how to book me for your conference, to consult with your business, or to come and speak at your school, bring a little bit of Disney into the classroom. You can also find out how to join our Podcasters Mastermind or work with me one-on-one to help you turn your passion into your profession and do what you love each and every day. A quick thanks to my partners and sponsors. Mouse Fan Travel is my official and recommended travel provider because it's who I use. They give incredible levels of personal service, all available discounts, and it's all at no cost to you. You can find out more and get a free no-obligation quote over at mousefantravel.com. And if you want some Disney magic delivered right to your door, as Tim said, you can visit celebrationspress.com. And as always, my friends, and you are my friends, I mean that sincerely, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Come by and comment over on the website or over on Facebook. And please 
rate and review the show over on iTunes. It's incredibly helpful, very much appreciated. All you need to do is go to iTunes, search for WW Radio, leave a review there. I want to thank Nutty Nugget and Sarah Kinetic Energy, as well as Disney Anna and Jeremy P for their recent reviews. Again, they are very, very much appreciated. And finally, and most importantly, I want to say thank you to each and every one of you for taking the time to tune in this and every week and for allowing me to share my passion for Disney with you through the show and in so many other ways. Every morning that I get up, I am excited to start my day and do what I love and it is because of and thanks to you and I am so grateful that you allow me to do what I love and share it with you. And I do want you to do the same thing and I want you to have that same kind of excited, inspired, positive energy that I feel like I have every single day because of that. So it's important to surround yourself with positive people and embrace those people that empower you and inspire you and motivate you to be your best and then turn it around and do, give it to them in return. And I guarantee you, positive minds produce positive lives. I hope you guys have a fantastic week this week. So until next time, have a great week, everybody. See ya. Hey, Lou, how's it going? Frank from Las Vegas. Just got done listening to your uh, podcast on the Maelstrom Change. Just got to say, man, listen to a lot of your podcasts. This is the best one yet, bro. I mean, you just kept it real. Hit the nail right on the head. Hey, Lou. My name is Victor. I'm calling over in Pennsylvania, in the Philadelphia area. Uh, you know, I just got done listening to the uh, podcast on your remarks on uh, Maelstrom leaving for Frozen. Um, you know, I'm kind of on the same side of the area as you are uh, about this. Um, I'm a nostalgic. I've been going to Disney for the last 10 years of my life. Um, my wife and I just went two years ago. We just got married. We went for our honeymoon. I uh, just went for our one year last year, and we're planning. We're already got our next trip booked here within the next uh, about eight months. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things. Uh, and actually, fortunately, we got to ride Maelstrom. We rode it the last time we were there, and uh, I just remembered how much I did love that ride. Um, but like you said, I don't know if I'd stand in line for more than a half hour for it, to be quite honest. Um, and you know, that's part of it. You know, it's it's it, I admire Disney because what it's you know what it's done to me you know to my life personally uh, I you know it's a, like you said it's, you know it's been an escape ever since I was younger um, I just thoroughly enjoy it there and also I'm in business uh, so from a from a business side of things um, I just appreciate their projection onto the on, onto the public and, and, and the way they treat their 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 guests you can call it you know so um, everything with you know my experiences and just their 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 projection on the people, the way they run things. I admire everything Disney World. Okay, and um, you know going back to the topic, I'm looking forward to to seeing Frozen. I enjoyed the movie. I love this. You know it was, it was a fantastic movie. And um, you know I, you know I I have to agree. I have to agree. I, I don't think it would be the, the the smart thing to do. Obviously, you know you're not going to throw it into Fantasyland. And, uh, uh, or, or sorry, um, not fans, you know, you're not going to throw it over to Space Mountain, okay, and, uh, and, 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 and take, and take away that. You know, that's, that's not going to happen, uh, you know, because of the demand of Space Mountain. That's the one, to me, that's my favorite ride of all Disney. Uh, you know, but a ride like Maelstrom, I think it's a good move on Disney's part. Um, I'm going to miss it. 
you know, but like you said, maybe they'll still have some of the, 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 the you know, what we love about that ride, you know, and, and, you know, and like you said, it was scary. It was actually a, a scary ride. It was, it had an eerie feeling in it, you know, so. But I just wanted to touch base. Uh, I appreciate your, your remarks and I, I, I hear the passion in your voice and, and, and it, um, it just, it's, it's good to, it's good to, it's good to hear. It's good to be a part of, you know, your podcast. I listen to it, uh, every day and, uh, got a 22 minute commute over into the city of Philadelphia. So, but Lou, take care, buddy. And, uh, maybe I'll run past you over in Disney World sometime. I'll talk to you. Hey, Lou, it's, uh, Chris here in West Beach, you know, mixed team on the, uh, box. And, uh, just, uh, I, I wasn't able to get in last night to catch the show. Um, but, um, or the, the, cast or whatever you want to call it. Anyway, um, totally agree with you. I understand, yes, it is a business, and that's what everybody needs to get, is that uh, Walt Disney World is a business, but it's also a supply and demand, and um, this is what people want. And to be honest with you, what makes me laugh is, and it's going to stink too, because I'm not going to get there until October um, 2nd, is um, I've never been on Maelstrom. And I've been coming to Disney World since 77. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to catch it. But, you know, it's it's life. It's business. You know, things change. So uh, uh totally agree with you on that. Um, good show, always. And uh, I love your uh, philosophy. The philosophy is good, positive. And, um, and that is what makes me really want to check in every week. It just makes my day. So, uh, you take care, get the best to the fam and everybody else out there. And I'll uh, talk to you soon. Oh, and I will see you the third. So take care, buddy. Bye. Hi, Lou. This is Carolyn from New Jersey. And I just listened to your podcast about the Malstrom going away. And, uh, like many others, I wasn't too happy about it. Although I haven't been going to the world as often as others and uh, like you or my husband who has been going since they were young, um, I did enjoy the ride very much. But after listening to your podcast, um, and I love that you're a very positive person and I, and I know that you'll continue being positive, you gave me another perspective to think about. And you're right, so far Disney hasn't made any... Uh, in my eyes, any missteps with regards to the world, hence why I go so often. So my hope is now with the announcement of Frozen taking over Malmstrom, they'll figure out a wonderful way to incorporate a really wonderful movie um, into a a fun location that I already enjoyed, but I'm sure it's going to be even better. So thank you again for all your hard work, Lou. I do enjoy listening to you as often as I can. Keep up the great work and keep up that Disney magic. Have a wonderful day. You've got a friend in me. Yeah.